this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to First Blood Take Two. This is WTM Watch This Movie, and I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts, for Christ's sake. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. Chicken Zippers! It's like deja vu. First Blood Take Two, not Part Two. We already did an episode on First Blood, but it got lost. It just vanished. So this is First Blood Take Two. And just like that, it was gone. You like that? I've been looking up... I can't, Ke- I can't make that that Kevin Spacey... I've been looking up noise. Kevin Spacey gifts to... <laughs> make, to terrorize people with? No, well, to make fun of good boys and how it's just pedophile bait. <laughs> 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 so, so that one comes that one comes up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> I don't need to see 12-year-old boys hitting each other with anal beads and swinging on sex swings and then making out with sex dolls. Weren't you ever 12, Brett? Come on. Yeah, but I'm an adult <laughs> now and it's gross. The grown men are Putting kids uh, in that situation. And then who the fuck is watching that movie? I'll probably see it sometime. It's not for kids. <laughs> yeah, it's rated R. It's intended for adults. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey's seen that movie. <laughs> he probably said it's the sexiest movie of the year. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I think he said that at that museum in Italy. Yeah, I was just going to say he popped up again finally. Decided to recite that's, a poem. That's probably not the best choice of words. In Italy. This <laughs> <laughs> would pop it up every day for the past 30 years. Should, um, should we reveal that you look like his accuser? <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. I have been known to be compared to the looks of... Fuck, what's his name now? Anthony uh, Anthony Rapp. Yeah, Anthony Rapp, uh, a time or two. If you want to see what Mueller looks like, go watch uh, Road Trip. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wear contacts quite often sometimes. I've been in a mostly glasses phase for the past couple of months, but... I thought it was you, the one I watched it. I'm like, damn. (laughs) Fucking Mulder got in a Tom Green movie. Then again, you would have been like 14 when that came out, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't have got into Ithaca if I tried. So you had been about the same age as Anthony Rapp when Kevin Spacey allegedly raped him? When Road Trip came out, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great connection there, Red. <laughs> that movie holds up. It's about a videotape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was mailed across country. And it has to be stopped. Yes. So they take a road trip. <laughs> that was like, oh, it's a Tom Green movie, but he's a very, he's a supporting character. He's a surprisingly minor character. Yeah. He doesn't even go on the road trip. He's the guy that stays back. Well, you can't say, hey, everyone, come see the new Meyer movie. 
It's got to be Tom Green. Didn't they do that for Garfield? Come see this Breck and Meyer movie. I don't even know he's in Garfield. Isn't he uh, John? I don't know. I've never John? watched him. <laughs> I don't think Bill Murray let them put his name on it. No, he did. He's wherever he jokes about it in Zombieland. Oh, that's true. Whenever he gets shot, he's sitting there dying. They're like, any regrets? He's like, eh, Garfield maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, all right, let's get back to First Blood. We're going through our third cycle of the Summer of Sam. The acronym SAM, S for Sylvester. Yep. He's doing breakdowns all this month. First up, First Blood. Came out in 1982. Directed by Ted Kotcheff, who uh, directed another one of my favorite films, uh, Wake and Fright. I've heard some people compare it to Deliverance, saying it's like the Australian Deliverance, but is it? it's different than that. Deli- if Deliverance was a... Was a weekend bender in Australia, then sure. <laughs> Deliverance wasn't as shocking as I had uh, thought it was going to be. I think well, it had been built up. You had been picturing rape for years it had before been you built had seen up it. way too much by the time I had actually seen it. And then it's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, he'd already seen the scene in South Park before he saw the movie. <laughs> that was probably more jarring because it was George Lucas and Indiana Jones. Yeah, and the uh, the pinball rape scene in there is definitely more jarring in uh, The Accused than it is in South Park, even though Indiana Jones is really having a tough time (laughs) That South Park episode. Every time The Accused comes up, I just think of Borat naming his favorite things about America, and the the sex comedy The Accused is his favorite movie. (laughs) 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 so yeah ted kotcheff uh he also directed uh, weekend at bernie's oh that's right and uh the apprentice in 74 he kind of trailed off not too long after this because i've only seen bits and pieces of weekend at bernie's and i'm never really interested which i should be because it's an 80s cheesy comedy so I, one of these days i'll bite the bullet and do it but i've seen the whole thing and i didn't uh, i didn't think it was that great yeah that's kind of what i hear from everyone like i expected more it's not like that funny and i've seen caddyshack 2 so one jonathan silverman movie is enough for me uh what was that show he was on i don't was he know on a tv show i'm looking if it'll come up I think I remember it being on. I'm like, oh, he's a, he has a show now. And then it was gone in a year or two. <laughs> Regardless, uh, back to First Blood. Screenplay is written by Michael Kozel, William Sackheim, and Sylvester Stallone. Based off of the novel by David Morrill. From the book, motherfucker, from the book. Do you know what that, movie, that show with Jonathan Silverman was? The single guy. This, I thought it was something single. Yeah. 43 episodes. I was going to say Living Single, but that was the one with Queen Latifah, right? Uh, it was one with Queen Latifah like and uh, fuck with her names. It was four women. He was in Little Big League, Jonathan Silverman. Yeah, he was good in there. Got a soft spot for Little Big League. He's Bowers. He was the funny Twins player. 
Gotta have one of those. Dropping water balloons on fools? I think he would have gotten uh, beat up by Brian McCann. Yeah. Keeper of the game. Uh, This First Blood stars Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo. Brian Dennehy as Teasel. Richard Crenna as Troutman. Bill McKinney as Kern. Jack Sterrett as Galt. Michael Talbot as Belford. Chris Mulkey of Twin Peaks fame plays Ward. John McLeam is Orville. Alf Humphreys is Lester. And David Caruso plays Mitch. Young David Caruso. Yes. Uh, any other names you think we have to throw out? It's kind of a small cast. I think There's a lot of people, but I think you not a lot of people with uh, speaking roles. I think you got pretty much everybody that was a cop. Synopsis is... A veteran Green Beret is forced by a cruel sheriff and his deputies to flee into the mountains and wage an escalating one-man war against his pursuers. So First Blood is a legit great movie, I think. Oh, definitely. Much different than its sequels, I feel, especially in tone at least. It's much more uh, of a character study, you know? It, yeah. Much more of a examination of the effects of war mm-hmm. on a person, especially the Vietnam War when it was not a popular war and yep. the soldiers that came back were oftentimes looked down upon and treated poorly. Mm. And not given the proper support. Right. I do find it a little funny that it kind of seems like it starts out with that opening scene there. Looks like it's from The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. He's <laughs> has that soft music and he's just kind of he's just he's a, just a drifter. Yeah. Drifting through the countryside. <laughs> then wanders onto somebody's yard out in the country. I live in the country. If somebody if a fucking drifter just came onto our property, but I mean we were right by a county road like a county highway. Mm-hmm. The road wasn't even really by the house at all. Yeah. Where he's at. I would have been freaked out. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> if it's a bad interaction, mm-hmm. well, this drifter can't just get in his car and leave. Right. You're supposed to believe he's just going to fucking walk off your property and not do anything. Well, I think you're taking a negative point of view here. <laughs> <laughs> Say what could happen. I've seen many movies and TV shows from... That era and earlier, or even into the 90s, they even did it on Seinfeld, where the, you know, you'd have a farmhouse like that, and the owners would welcome in a drifter, give them a meal and a room, and say, what's mine is yours. Well, this isn't the Great Depression, Brett. They did it on Seinfeld. Yeah. I can see it, though, that uh, it's in that, the 70s and 80s, this definitely would have been something that was more common yeah so i obviously she's a little apprehensive uh because he is you know wearing his uh army jacket and with that hair though the long-haired hippie (laughs) oh my goodness you know so how dare he and she's kind of out there by herself i think there was somebody else kind of there was a couple other people around you know so 
Like, but she's uh she's an older woman, you know. And uh obviously she's a little bit nervous when he comes up. Yeah, he's looking for his uh old Vietnam War buddy. Delmar Barry. Yes. He looking, he's looking for him. We find uh, out later that he is the last one left of his unit. And so he wanted to come see his buddy and wouldn't you know it, he just died of cancer. Well, I think she said he died last year of cancer, but I I like the interaction here because she says he's gone, and Ram was like, "Well, is he coming back?" Like, no, he's gone, he's dead. And uh, so Rambo, she blames the Agent Orange. Yeah, makes the allusion to Agent Orange. Yep, brought it back from over there. So yep, Rambo he he realizes he's the last one left. Uh, he gives her the picture of himself and Delmar, you know, and then he heads on his way. Ends up in uh, Hope, Washington. <laughs> it, Oregon or Washington? I can't remember. It was Washington. Okay. Um, they don't. I don't think they say it in the in the movie, but because he's headed where he tells Denny Teasel that he's going to go to Portland. He says he's going north to Portland, and he's like, <laughs> "No, you're going the wrong way." But uh, it's the gateway to Holiday Land. Apparently. And, and you notice that they had all kinds of Christmas decorations. Yeah. Forgot First Blood was a Christmas movie. They got <laughs> decorations set up in the police precinct, everything. It's it's around Christmas. It's not necessarily on Christmas, <laughs> yeah. but it's around yeah. it. And I think you have a clip of the uh, the first interaction that Rambo has in the town of Hope. Yeah. He's just walking down the street. He's on his way to look for a diner, someplace to eat. Just minding his own business. Brian Dennehy pulls a Yui, and he's like, well, he sees this long-haired, hippie-looking dude. Yeah, Brian Dennehy, what a fucking Can't asshole. Can't have that. Always playing the asshole. Yeah. Brian Dennehy. Morning. You, uh... You visiting somebody around here? You know, wearing that flag on that jacket, looking the way you do. You're asking for trouble around here, friend. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction, huh? Is south. You said you were headed north. You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. Why are you pushing me? What did you say? So why are you pushing me? I haven't done anything to you. First of all, you don't ask the questions around here. I do. You understand? Secondly, we don't want guys like you in this town. Drifters. First thing you know, we got a whole bunch of guys like you in this town. That's why. Besides, you wouldn't like it here. This is... It's a quiet little town. In fact, you might say it's boring. But that's the way we like it. And I get paid to keep it that way. 
boring. Portland, straight ahead. Now, if you want some friendly advice, a haircut and take a bath. You wouldn't get hassled so much. Hope this ride helped you out. Thanks, asshole. Right. Well, he's going to get a haircut and a bath if nobody will fucking let him use their services. He's a drifter. You know, we won't even <laughs> let him come into town. Yeah. Can't, can't get something to eat. Can't go to the barber. Can't, you know, get a hotel. I mean, it's one thing if he didn't have any money, but he has no idea if he has money or not. He doesn't even ask. Yeah. He's just like, uh, no, we don't like your kind around here. We don't like your kind around here. Man makes a comment about the flag on his jacket. Yeah. Yeah, it just reminded me of Easy Rider. At the beginning of that movie, he gets stopped by a cop, and he's giving him shit for wearing that American flag on his jacket. Yeah. And it's like, why are you guys so unpatriotic? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> You're fucking cops. It was weird. It seems like Vietnam era and afterwards... If you're wearing the flag, it was almost like you were the bad guy, even though they had a flag on their uniforms, right. yet they were clean cut. So maybe it just has to do with having longer hair. That way they're they're disrespecting the flag. I don't know. That's probably it. They probably don't like hippies, you know, and they think it's they're doing it as like a a troll. Like more yeah, more <laughs> out of 60s, irony. 70s troll. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it like ironically instead of as a you know, patriotic symbol. Oh, the Rambo is wearing his army jacket, so, mm-hmm. you know, it could be something, again, too, like he thinks he's disrespecting the jacket and the flag, Yeah, walking around looking like a drifter with his long hair. Throughout your life, you've probably seen a whole bunch of people that are wearing army jackets that were never in the army. You know, they get them at thrift That's stores, true. and whether it be a drifter or maybe, you know, some hipster. Stolen, you know. stolen valor. You know, some hipster who got it from a thrift store or something like that. Yeah. But uh, maybe just somebody who's thrifty, <laughs> repurposing right. old articles of clothing. Duh. So Rambo, you know, sheriff drops him off, says, you know, have fun, be on your way. But he uh, he just turns around and walks right back into town. He doesn't get very far, though, because old Brian Dennehy is a real fucking jerk. He, uh, he stops and he arrests them. And he finds his hunting knife uh, in the back of his uh, waistband, uh, which is a pretty sick hunting knife. It's solid. It's up there, maybe even better than Bennett's knife in Commando. Have you seen Crocodile Dundee, though? No. That's a knife. <laughs> Although I don't think his had a compass, so. Yeah, I I doubt it. I don't know, but. I can't remember if there was a. A partial serrated edge on a portion of it. He just had a big fucking knife. I kind of want to see the real version of that. Hey, that's, you, that's not a knife. That's a knife. Well, this is a fucking gun. Give me your money. Yeah, I think that was the real version. Remember in, their, in when they get to the police precinct, the one guy's basically just shaving the paper. He has a slice of paper, and he's just slowly easing the knife through it, and it's just cut the paper like, you know, a hot knife and butter. In Rambo? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought we were still talking about Crocodile Dundee. No. Well, I was. Oh, you wanted to see the real version of the Crocodile Dundee knife? I thought you were talking about Rambo. No, of Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Chappelle show bit. Because he pulls out his knife and says, this is a knife. And then the guy pulls a gun on him and says, well, this gun going to be more fucking money. <laughs> but anyways, he takes in uh, back to Rambo. Just so everybody's on the same page. Talking <laughs> about Rambo again. Uh, old Sheriff uh, Teasel takes him in on charges of vagrancy, resisting arrest, and carrying a concealed weapon. So Which is they, so crazy to think that in the 70s or early 80s, this, the book came out in 1972. Not sure if this if that knife part is in there, you know, for charges he was arrested for. But to think you can't... Cons- carry a fucking knife in the 70s or 80s like really well i know it's a big knife but that shouldn't yeah. really matter i think it's i don't know it's probably because he concealed it but i don't know what the law was so yeah but i'm sure there's rules about you know based on how big your knife is whether you can conceal it or not or yeah you know might be it there's no... It's probably one of those things that there was a law, but that was never enforced. Yeah. And he just wanted to enforce it to be a dick. Yeah, for sure. It's not a constitutional right to carry a knife. Isn't it, though? Nope. It's a form of an arm. I guess a, I guess a, you could argue that. It doesn't say firearms, that's right. Bare arms. <laughs> I love that shirt. It's the Second Amendment, and the guy has the fucking bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> it says Second Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the uh, family guy do a bit about that, too? Like, hey, guys, do you think that uh, people are going to understand that everybody is uh, entitled to bear arms, and then they just <laughs> had, like, bears there? Yeah, I read where they're having their meeting at the... The Constitutional Congress yeah. or whatever. And they're writing up the, the Constitution <laughs> Bill of Rights. Yeah, everybody will get that. But, uh, yeah, Rambo, he gets taken in to be booked, and uh, he's not very cooperative. Doesn't want to talk. I don't blame him. Fucking Galt's an asshole. Oh, that Galt guy. He deserves everything he gets. David Caruso's the, the nice one, quote-unquote. Yeah, he's kind of the the... Moral police, I guess. I don't know what you call it. He's like the... He's the one with the conscience. Mm-hmm. But nobody listens to him because he's a little pissant. <laughs> he's like a rookie. Well, he's a fucking ginger. <laughs> There's he's another thing against him. <laughs> but he seems like he's like at the least amount of tenure at the uh, station. Like He's the newest What deputy. behind the ears. Yeah. So nobody listens to him. But behind those freckled ears. Yeah. I, I have some freckles. I've been called a ginger a time or two. Mm. I'm not really, but I have some a few freckles that especially come out in the summer. I could I could see somebody saying that about you. I, mean, I have blonde hair. It gets really bleached blonde in the summer, but you know, darker in the winter. And some people, it's like a strawberry blonde or a dirty blonde. <laughs> like, well, I wouldn't call it red. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> few people have. I don't like labels, so. Well, I like to think I have a soul, so. 
Let's keep going. All right. So they're just kind of poking and prodding him. He won't give them their ne- his name, so Caruso takes his dog tags, which is a uh, big no-no. Yeah. Well, I love it when he keeps wiping his <laughs> thumb off on the uh, paper towel. He keeps on wiping the ink off. Yeah, they're trying to fingerprint him, and he's just like, <laughs> he won't do it. Just like slowly, just like, no, just like wiping it. <laughs> keeps on. They get so pissed. Galt. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Let's see. Um, well, he starts get, having flashbacks. Well, he gets a... Try to shave him. Yeah, he gets a whack with the baton. They spray him with a fire ho- <coughs> fire hose to, to wash him off, which, uh, yeah, that's kind of what triggers the, uh, the initial... He probably stinks. He's been walking all the way from Vietnam across the Bering <laughs> Strait, heading long, south to Portland now. It's a long walk. But, uh, yeah, so fire hose gets hit with the baton, and then... Uh, Kind of the the thing that sets off everything, like you mentioned, they try to shave him, which I don't know why they need to shave him, honestly. It seemed like it was unnecessary. Yeah. But uh, Galt chokes him with the baton. Well, Teasel was saying, you know, if you shave and look respectable for the judge tomorrow, he might let you, say, you can press me by, you know, shaving and looking respectable for the judge and, you know, that'll help mm. me out and help you out. Maybe get a lighter sentence, that type of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Like he's trying to do him a favor. Mm-hmm. So. That's all he's been doing. He gave him a ride already. <laughs> Just disrespecting him the whole time. Galt's got him around the neck with the baton. And uh, Rambo's been having flashbacks to his time in a POW camp in Vietnam. You know, where he's kind of in like a like a trench almost with the bamboo bars on the top um and then they his one flashback where he's like basically in a crucifix and getting slashed across the chest yeah that's the one that really triggers him to you know fight or flight and he does kind of both (laughs) (laughs) fight first then flight yeah so he, he fights his way out of the the police station grabs his knife on the way out mm-hmm just happens to be a motorcyclist driving by at that time, and he gets yanked off by the back <laughs> of his shirt. <laughs> Rambo takes his bike and just hits it, punches it uh, up towards the, the woods. Denny, he is in hot pursuit. Yeah. Teasel's a hell of a driver. He's keeping up with uh, Rambo pretty good in that, his uh, cruiser. It was a sweet uh, car chase, mm-hmm. kind of through the backwoods and the... You know they don't make cars like that anymore. Terrain. That thing took a beating <laughs> and kept on going. I mean, all those up until like maybe the the late nineties, like all these cars, you could just ram them into anything and they would barely have a dent. Yeah, like they were all made of sheet metal, mm-hmm. which were it was like indestructible. Mm-hmm. Is what it seemed like. So, um, yeah, they end up. Doing a nice chase through the, you know, kind of the mountains and the, the back fields and end up in the in the forest. Uh, and uh, then he flips his car. He takes that car off of a couple of different drop-offs. Like yeah. Three, four, five-foot drop-offs. And the car bottoms out a bunch of times and it just keeps on going. But yeah, finally, it flips. 
And then uh, Rambo loses his bike trying to go up the incline uh, on the hill. <clears throat> and then he books it on foot. And uh, he, stumbled, he stumbles across what I believe is a some sort of a logging company. Yeah, it's like a, almost like a graveyard for trucks. Okay. Like, I don't, it's probably like an old abandoned, you know, mine or logging company. It could have been mine too because he goes into a mine later. Yeah. But I just figured all the trees, it must have been part of a One logging of company. It might have been. Now that you think about it, it I, I'm guessing it probably would have been from the mine because. Yeah. I think the mine might have been right there because he was kind of chilling in the mine uh, most well, of the time. It takes him a while to, to find the mine, though. He doesn't find the mine until after the the tree jump, correct? Okay. I don't remember where he stayed. There were a couple different caves, I think, that he stayed in. I don't know if they're mine shafts or caves. But anyways, finds himself some supplies, uh, finds him an old, like, um, like a tarp that he kind of cuts into a poncho. Yeah. And a, a rope. Mm-hmm. That's about the extent of the supplies he finds. <laughs> but, hey, that that can help him a lot. He's already got his knife. Yeah. And uh, so he's doing that. Cops are in hot pursuit. They get the, they they send, get the, send they get the, the hounds out. Yep, and a helicopter. Which, yep. uh, Danny, he's a real jerk to the <laughs> helicopter pilot. He's like, I don't care what the fuck he says, get him out here. He says, no, you know, arrest him for obstruction of justice. <laughs> like, you can't just do that. Well, it's so weird how much effort they go into trying to catch this one dude. <laughs> Which, I, I suppose after he starts punching cops, you know, you almost have to. But even then, they go a little bit further than I think is necessary. Why are you pushing me? <laughs> so they start to kind of corner him. He comes to a cliff and he starts climbing down it. And about this time, the helicopter spots him. Galt is they spot, sit, sitting shotgun with a high-powered rifle. They spot Rambo cliffhanging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connection to that lovely film you watched a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Tremendous Stallone vehicle. I kind of regret it. <laughs> Do you, though? Well, yeah, it isn't great. I don't have the Blu-ray. <laughs> hey, that Blu-ray only cost me about four or five bucks. I got to tell you, a stopper my mom will shoot was much better. <laughs> I know. I know if it's better. I would concede that it might be more enjoyable. It's very much more enjoyable. <laughs> Objectively better? I don't know. Estelle Getty? Don't <laughs> buy it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no phony baloney fake European accents in that one. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, he, Galt is hanging off the, or he's hanging out the door of the helicopter. He's got his rifle, and uh, he don't give a fuck about orders. He's taking shots at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes at least three shots. Because Teasel's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. He keeps on radioing him, like, you know, what the hell's going it's on like, up there? Yeah, why are you shooting at him? Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, this is where Rambo falls from the cliff, and he's like, the trees will stop my fall. He doesn't fall. He jumps. That's right. He, ju- <laughs> he jumps, and he's like, oh, this Pushes tree, off. This tree will soften my landing. And uh, he hits one branch. 
real fucking hard. Yeah. It's a fun fact, I believe, uh, that bottom branch where he kind of gets stuck <laughs> on. He uh, cracked a rib there. Yeah. He gets his arm sliced up. Mm-hmm. Real bad. The special effects and makeup was great for that. Uh, it seemed like it was pretty much a constant flow of blood out of that wound when he's trying to stitch it up. Yeah. Because he has uh, a bit of a sewing kit inside of his knife. <laughs> yeah. And he just he stitches his own arm up. Like a bamf. It, uh, it reminded me of the uh, Sabu versus Terry Funk <laughs> barbed wire match. From, I think we all remember that from one. From 1997. It's <laughs> pretty famous. Born to be wired. ECW. Sabu went for a move in the corner, and uh, Terry Funk moved out of the way, and Sabu hit the barbed wire. And so to set the scene, you have a regular wrestling ring, but they take the ropes out, and they replaced it both barbed wire. Mm. So the ropes are barbed wire. <laughs> and he hit the thing, and it just tore his arm from elbow to shoulder. And he just took some athletic tape and taped it up and then kept wrestling. <laughs> uh, Stallone's was more horizontal. It was the other way from uh, like bicep to tricep. Yeah. But uh, they got the same kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Every other me- memory is a wrestling memory. <laughs> Hashtag everything is wrestling. <laughs> is that a new one you're starting? That's not a new one. That's That's been a hashtag is that a, just among the wrestling crowds well it's everything <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've seen that hashtag once i'm sure i've seen tweets of yours with it in it but you don't the, read every hashtag you're in the wrong parts of twitter then <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> to each their own though i guess oh i regret speaking of the wrong parts of twitter i regret Checking to see why Whitney Cummings was uh, trending yesterday. Because the top tweet on that was from Tom Segura. (laughs) (laughs) His balls? Yes. Well, you got to see Whitney below. He scrolled a little bit. I follow Whitney, so I didn't have to go look at the trending topics to see that. (laughs) I think it was liked by, uh, I think Nick DiPaolo liked the... uh, either liked or retweeted that uh, Segura, or no, not Segura, uh, Kreischer tweet with the balls. Oh, that's who it was. It was Burt Kreischer. Yeah, it was Burt Kreischer. Okay. So I saw that. I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't and see that. And then below it was Whitney's. I didn't see that on my timeline, but uh, it was number one on the trending topics. Also saw that Mia Khalifa and Dick Sweat were trending. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that was. And then I saw she was a porn star that was complaining that she only made 12000 in a year. Everybody was just roasting her. <laughs> I remember they made a... She was in the mainstream news because everybody's like freaking out because she did a scene in a hijab. Okay. And everybody's like, oh my God, you can't do that. And uh, so I always thought that she would have made a shit ton of money after that, given that she had so much like mainstream yeah. exposure. They said she's a sports commentator now. Huh. Which I didn't, I don't know about that. And then Dick Sweat endorsed, <laughs> <laughs> he endorsed uh, Joe Biden for president, so. <laughs> you dumb bastard. 
Joe Biden, who says that uh, poor kids are just as smart <laughs> as white kids. Uh, aren't politics fun? All right, back to First Blood. Which is kind of a political movie. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. You can make that argument. Um, so, yeah, St- Stallone makes a miraculous tree jump. Yeah. Gets to the bottom, hides. The guy's still trying to shoot him. He's behind a tree. And he throws a rock at the, it hits the chopper in the windshield, and the driver kind of starts going nuts. Well, the, the pilot startles them, and like, oh my god, yeah. I can't control it. The pilot was already kind of freaking out because it's it's in like a ravine, mm-hmm. and so it was already unstable to start with. Yeah, and then uh, a rock off the windshield will really get you, mm-hmm. and uh, he manages to stable stabilize the chopper, but. Uh, not before dropping Galt onto the rocks below. Yeah. Well, that fat fuck kind of lost his... He didn't have the greatest balance, and he's hanging out the helicopter like an asshole. Yeah. He he fucking deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold her steady! He says that about 12 times. But Rambo got a hell of an arm on him. Yeah. Perfect aim. That's a pretty good uh, vertical... Uh, Difference difference between him and the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Pull of a shot put. Uh, Paint sure. Manning could not make that throw. Well, now with his neck, <laughs> especially after that tree fall. That's um, true. So yeah, uh, it's about that time where the cops finally get to the edge of the cliff. They see a dead Galt down there, and Rambo doesn't want any more people hurt. And I got a clip from that. I can't figure it. How'd he fall out? What's the matter? Just nailed his sucker's ass. He can't be far. Will! Looks like he wants to turn himself in. There's one man dead! It's not my fault! I don't want any more hurt! Freeze! Stand right where you are! Give yourself up! But I didn't do anything! I'm warning you, boy, don't make a move. I'll blow your head off. I didn't do anything. Cease fire! Cease fire! Work up, damn it! Cease fire! Take me, hit him. All right, let's get down there. Move! Rambo reacts like he gets hit in the face. He grabs his forehead like it nicked him. Yeah. He just got grazed lightly. What the hell? You couldn't tell with all the scratches and shit he's got on him from the tree already. Yeah. <laughs> the cops are pretty fucking trigger happy in this movie, too. Yeah. Like, they're quick to shoot first and ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Even when the chief is telling them to stop, as you noticed in this clip. Yeah, it's, it's funny how he's like, don't take a move. You know, don't move. And Rambo starts to kind of back away, and that's when they start firing. Mm-hmm. And they all do it. Teasel as well. And then yeah. Diesel's like, wait, stop, stop, stop. Hold your fire. I right. think we got him. Well, why the <laughs> fuck would you quit? He's running. Yeah. Like, just keep shooting. If like if that's what you're going to do, like, why the fuck would you stop then? Yeah, I don't know. But Rambo, he gets away. He's got uh, Galt's jacket and uh, rifle at this point. And uh, we found out he has a radio, too. And he also has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah. This is where we find out, um, I believe, the uh, station 
has run the background check on Rambo, and we find out that he's a Green Beret and a recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor, uh, yeah. which kind of makes uh, Teasel pause a bit about pursuing him, and then he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. We got to bring <laughs> him in. It's This must have happened over a longer period of time that they let on, because right away Rambo has a shit ton of booby traps all set up. Yeah. <laughs> and spikes whittle down. Yeah. You know, he's whittling down spikes from branches with his knife and set up these elaborate booby traps. There's a little bit of a montage, a real short yeah. montage. You show him, it shows him doing some of the stuff. But. Yeah, or they show him start uh, making the spikes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely takes him a while to, to get all that together, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, first thing he does is... Uh, well, he has somewhat of a scarecrow set up. Yeah. He shoots from behind. He shoots uh, one of the dogs and the other dogs uh, chase. Well, he shoots one of the dogs and the uh, handler. Yeah, the handler. The yeah, the handler gets shot in the leg. Two other dogs run up there and they are dealt with swiftly off screen. I believe they fell in a tiger trap. Okay. So they had a hole dug with spikes in the bottom and then covered it with brush. Mm-hmm. And I believe they fell into that. And so he's killed all the dogs. Um, and then he, he wounded the handler. Um, and they all kind of fan out. And they think they're going to get him. And one by one they go down. So <laughs> so Mitch gets ambushed. He gets stabbed in the back of the leg. Yep. Which has to be pretty painful. He's popping in and out of the trees. He's, he's on. There's like a dead tree. Like a real tall is just the trunk. And Rambo's on top of it. He drops down onto to Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he punches him. And then Ward gets shot by his fellow police officer, Crawford. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, Crawford, after he shoots Ward, he runs into that spring trap, mm-hmm. which was the, uh, it was like a stick with a bunch of daggers on it. Or spikes. Yeah. And it just swings in and hits him right in the upper thighs. I was wondering how long it would have taken him to build that thing. Or how about, okay, the hole that the dogs fall into? Yeah. How long would it take you to dig that hole? Yeah. He That's an all afternoon job. He doesn't even have a shovel. <laughs> well, or was that he, he already, can do it with the spikes, I suppose. Was that already there, though? I don't know. but uh, Could have been, I suppose. But, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously well-trained in the art of death. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he, he's able to do it a lot quicker than most people would. But, I yeah, it's probably at least a full day. Yeah, it's important to note that he wounds everyone. He doesn't kill anyone. Yeah. But uh, Teasel's the last one to get it. He pops out and puts a knife around his neck. I got a clip from that. I could have killed them all. I could have killed you. Been telling you the law. Out here, it's me. Don't push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. Let it go.
Teasel shaking in his britches. Mm-hmm. And Teasel himself was a military man. You think he's sorry? Yeah. <laughs> Check his pants. <laughs> <laughs> You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, I just noticed that uh, Rambo must have inspired the movie Frozen. I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about this song, Let It Go. See, I don't know the song. So if somebody... I saw Frozen. If somebody wants to... If somebody wants to remix that song with Rambo saying, let it go, and then tweet at us. Well, Frozen 2 is coming out this year. I'm sure everyone's pumped. Want to tweet at us with the the Rambo version of let it go? (laughs) That would be nice. We'll retweet it. That would be lovely. Uh, Yeah, so at this point, all the local cops are fucking wounded, so... State police and uh, National Guard are mobilized, which we get a nice TV news report about that. Give us a little exposition. (laughs) Sure do. Uh, We're about up to our next clip here. Yeah, we meet uh, Rambo's former colonel, Samuel Troutman. He's going to save them from Rambo. (laughs) Apparently. I'm a possessed god in heaven to make a man like Rambo. God didn't make Rambo. I made him. Who the hell are you? Sam Trotman. Colonel Samuel Trotman. Look, we're a little busy this morning, Colonel. What can I do for you? I've come to get my boy. Your boy? I recruited him. I trained him. I commanded him in Vietnam for three years. I'd say that makes him mine. I wonder why the Pentagon would send a full bird colonel down here to handle this. The Army thought I might be able to help. (laughs) Well, I don't know in what way. Rambo's a civilian now. He's my problem. I don't think you understand. I didn't come here to rescue Rambo from you. I came here to rescue you from him. Well, we all appreciate your concern, Colonel. I will try to be extra careful. I'm just amazed that he allowed any of your posse to live. Is that right? Strictly speaking, he slipped up. You're lucky to be breathing. That's just great. Colonel, you came out here to find out why one of your machines blew a gasket. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. With a man who's the best. With guns, with knives, with his bare hands. A man who's been trained to ignore pain. Ignore weather. To live off the land. To eat things and to make a billy goat puke. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel. To kill. Period win by attrition well Rambo was the best so Richard Crenna plays Trotman but I think now is the time we should probably go into who was originally going to play Trotman and uh, some of the differences between the film and the novel because the role was originally going to be played by Kirk Douglas he was hired but he actually quit right before shooting began because he wanted the film to end as the book did, which is Rambo and Teasel fatally wounding each other. And Trotman finishes Rambo with a kill shot, and then he kind of sits with a dying Teasel for the sheriff's final moments. Hmm. And in the book, uh, Rambo also is pretty merciless. He kills pretty much anyone that comes across him. He kills zero people in this film. In the book, it's something like 16 people, something right. like that. And uh, you could argue that he he's responsible for one death, but it's 
Incidental. Yeah. And that is literally the only death of the film. So I don't count the dogs. Yeah. The dogs, I guess. He did shoot the dog. Some so. people would say that's more important. There you go. <laughs> so uh, some minor fun facts about the movie. Right after the novel was published in 72, uh, producers wanted Steve McQueen, but then they reconsidered that and said, well, he's too old. And they wanted Sheriff Teasel to be played by Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall. They both turned it down. Lee Marvin turned it down. But you're a big Actually, Lee, Lee Marvin Mar- turned down the role of uh, Trotman. But I bet you're a big Lee Marvin fan. <laughs> Uh, so Kirk Douglas was hired, then quit. Rock Hudson was approached, but he was about to go under, undergo heart surgery and had to pass. So Richard Crenna was quickly hired, and uh, the role became his, and that's what he's most famous for. Mm-hmm. And uh, parody of Rambo films, among others, but mostly Rambo and uh, Hot Shots Part Do. he kind of reprises his role because he's the POW that they have to rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Love Hot Shots Part Do. Check it out. There was a bunch of different scripts that were adapted and pitched to studios, you know, after the book came out. But it was only when Stallone became involved that the kind of things got really got put in motion, uh, especially after Rocky and Rocky Two. Mm-hmm. And of course, Stallone kind of wanted to let Rambo survive the film uh, in case there could be uh, some sequels. Right. Can't have any sequels with the book. Uh, there was a suicide scene filmed, but. Kotchev and Stallone opted to have Rambo turn himself in. Stallone says he did an estimated seven revisions of the script. Kotchev further uh, requested work done uh, by Larry Goss and David Giller, which were not credited in IMDb. Hmm. There's that Sackheim is in there as well. First cut of the film was over three hours, possibly three and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Stallone said it was so bad that it made him and his agent sick. He wanted to buy the movie and destroy it or think it was going to kill his career. Yeah. And then after heavy re-editing, cut down to 93 minutes. That's the version that came out. It is a it's a tight little movie, 93 minutes. You wouldn't think there'd be that much production troubles behind this film. It seems like just a, a great film with yeah, you know, yeah. no unforeseen troubles. I think one of the things along with the, the cuts they made is uh, Stallone... Ask that they cut out a lot of his scenes and have the story told from the the other character's kind of perspective. So I, I think that probably helped it too. Get less John Rambo uh, and he becomes kind of more mysterious and more like mythological, mythical, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. Yeah. Because they build him up as this kind of like legendary soldier Mm -hmm. and all you see is the parts where he's like doing the things that you know a legendary (laughs) soldier would do right you only see his skills as a soldier and it isn't really until the end where you start seeing kind of the emotional breakdown Mm -hmm. you get little pieces here and there like with the uh in the beginning he seems like a, a normal normal dude yeah talking to the mother yeah but that's about it but like even with the clip that you played where you know after galt falls from the helicopter like you know you can see that 
he's starting to kind of reach a breaking point. Uh but he's still, you know, there's still some room there where he's like, okay, if you stop it now, you know, I can just go back to being a civilian. I can, you know, mind my business and go on. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep pushing me, like, I'm going to fight back and <laughs> you guys are going to be fucked. And then I think the next next clip you have to play, we get a little bit more of the, you know, the emotional side of why he uh, is fighting back as hard as he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, Trotman radioing Rambo as he's uh, in the mine resting. Yeah. Uh, I think this is right after he uh, killed that boar. <laughs> that yeah. That boar with a spear. That was pretty sweet. And he just hacks off like a hindquarters and just hauls it into the <laughs> into the mine and just starts a little fire, cooks it up, just starts yeah. eating. That's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. They want him to radio him because they're trying to triangulate his position, get a trace on him. Yeah. But yeah, here's the clip. Copy leader to Raven. Talk to me, Johnny. Copy leader to identify Baker T. Rambo. Mesner. Ortega. Coletta. Jorgensen. Danforth. Barry. Krakauer. Confirm. This is Colonel Troutman. Talk to me, Johnny. They're all gone, sir. It's him. Get on it. Rambo, are you all right? Over. Baker team, they're all dead, sir. Not Delmore Barry. He made it. Barry's gone too, sir. How? Got himself killed in now. Didn't even know it. Cancer ate him down to the bone. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm the last one, sir. Hey, it's good to hear your voice, Johnny. It's been a long time. Look, John, you've done some damage That's here. It. But they don't want any more trouble. He's northwest. That's why I've come. I'm going to come in there and fly you the hell out. Just you and me. We'll work this thing out together. Is that fair enough? Where'd you come from, sir? Bragg. I tried to get in touch with you, but the guys at Bragg never knew where to find you. Yeah, well, I haven't been spending much time there lately. They've got me down in D.C. I'm shining a seat with my ass. I wish I was back at Bragg now. We'll talk about that when you come in. I can't do that, sir. Well, look, John, we can't have you running around out there wasting friendly civilians. There are no friendly civilians. Well, I'm your friend, Johnny. I was there with you knee-deep in all that blood and guts. I covered your ass more than once. Seems like bailing you out of trouble is going to be a lifetime job for me. There wouldn't be no trouble except for that king shit cup. All I wanted was something to eat. But the man kept pushing, sir. Well, you did some pushing of your own, John. They drew first blood, not me. Look, Johnny. Let me come in and get you the hell out of there. They drew first blood. And there it is. Yep. First blood. Yeah, you can see, you know, how he feels isolated and alone. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't help when this king shit cop 
gets on his fucking case just for trying to get something to eat. Yeah. You know? This whole movie happens because he tried to eat food at a diner. It's like fucking John Wick with them killing his dog. Yeah. And ironically, Rambo kills a dog in here. <laughs> kills three dogs. A few of them, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just wanted to fucking eat. Yeah. He was just passing. He was just passing through town. Like, he didn't... Uh... It's not like he was just going to set up camp on a sidewalk or go sleep on a park bench or anything. Like, you know, it seemed like he was just going to get something to eat and then be on his way, and uh, that would be it. He had no more reason to be there after he found out his friend had died. Yeah. Seems like he has no family or friends left now. Mm-hmm. And all he knows how to do is kill, you know? So that's not a... A skill that uh, really translates to civilian life. Yep. Can't even keep a job parking cars, as we'll find out yep. later. Um, so, yeah, they triangulate his position, and uh, they send the National Guard in. Who are a bunch of weekend warriors. Yep. And uh, there's a bit of a shootout in the front of the mine. Mm-hmm. One of the National Guardsmen has a rocket launcher and launches at a Rambo and, you know, basically... Dust off your hands, case closed, job done. They they result or they uh they resort to the, the rocket launcher because the leader of the National Guard troop orders about four different guys to go in and make sure Rambo's dead. That they mm. they hit him with the the gunfire, and they're all too pussy to do it. <laughs> and so it's like fuck it, hit him with the launcher. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they they cave in the the mine, and as you said, job well done. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That's the end of that story. Uh, meanwhile, Rambo's inside the mine, so he has to find his way out. It's kind of a back door, basically, to the mine. Yeah, he just keeps going deeper and deeper. You know, and then the rats show up. Gets narrower and narrower, and then yep, that scene would was pretty crazy with all those rats. There's real oh, rats uh, there. Yeah. And they're crawling over Stallone, and I think he even throws one or two into the water and <laughs> probably drowning a few rats here and there. <laughs> I don't think PETA and, uh, what is it? ASPCA. A- ASPCA. They probably weren't too fond of it back in the day, but nobody gave a shit about rats, right? I don't remember when the ASPCA started doing their uh, No Animals Were Harmed disclaimer. Uh, I know Ted Kotcheff, the director, is a big uh, animal lover and animal rights activist. In mm. Wake and Fright, he showed a a real-life kangaroo hunt. It was a licensed hunt done by hunters, not by actors. Mm-hmm. And he just followed them along and shot it for a, a scene in the film. But he actually helped change some of the laws in uh, Australia about how and why uh, kangaroos are killed. Mm. They're a big cash crop for them. They don't taste too good, but I guess the fur was used for uh, you know, plush toys, you know, stuffed toys. Yeah. And I think the meat was used for uh, maybe it might have been dog food, some sort of other animal food. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Donald Pleasance eats some kangaroo because <laughs> he's like a kind of a cheap ass. Well, he's not really cheap ass. He doesn't. He's a doctor, mm-hmm. but he doesn't charge money like he helps people sometimes and they basically pay him with beer and food mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't really like he just likes living off the land or off of people's good graces because he's an alcoholic 
Right. And he'll eat a lot of kangaroo. <laughs> and he's like, it doesn't taste too great, but spices it up a little bit with maybe some ketchup and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Ted Kotcheff, uh definitely an animal lover. So, and Waker Freight was in the 70s, hmm. early 70s. So that was way before this. Yeah, I don't know how, uh, if they harmed any rats in this movie, but it's definitely a uh, disturbing scene. Mm-hmm. To see him crawling through the muck and then just being swarmed by these fucking sewer rats. Yeah. So then he uh, he finds a passageway out of the mountain. And when he pokes out, there's still some National Guard running around, you know, starting to leave. And he... It's so funny how when you talk about this movie, you can say he, like, he rambos his way up here. <laughs> right. like he just goes Rambo and everybody. Because mm-hmm. this movie created... Like an adjective, basically, or a verb. A verb, yeah. Uh, so like Kevin Nash. <laughs> look so at yeah, the, look at the adjective. <laughs> he jumps on top of a uh, truck. He pulls like a, like a Terminator Two, Terminator One, where he's like, "Get out!" And he's <laughs> yeah. he whips the guy out of the out of the truck and he just starts pushes driving. him out of the driver's side. <laughs> I, I do want to mention too that. Uh, as they're cleaning up the mine explosion, uh, Troutman's talking to uh, Teasel. That's his name, right? The sheriff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, that'll look real good on his tombstone. Recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor. Killed for vagrancy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, guy. You took things way too far. The scenes without Rambo, half of the shots are just of Brian Dennehy looking regretful. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but he won't admit it. No. Like he he won't admit it. So. Diesel's too proud. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, he goes to town and immediately mm. starts blowing shit up. First yeah. goes, to the, goes to the gas station. Mm. Blows that up as, I guess, a distraction. Yeah, because <laughs> it was on the opposite side of town from the, the police station. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to isolate... Teasel at the police station. So, like, Teasel sends everybody else out to see the what the ruckus is, and he starts uh, bearing down and uh, getting ready for Rambo. Ends up on the roof. Yeah, Rambo finds the uh, the sporting goods store with all the guns and ammo. Yeah, might have just been a gun store. I don't know if they had other like sporting equipment, but it was like an outdoor sports store. Okay. I think so. They had like hunting and fishing gear, it looked like, and camping, all that type of stuff. But he loads up on pretty much everything he can carry, and then he blows everything else the fuck up. We kind of uh, we missed the car chase on the way to the gas station. So he steals the truck. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yep. he does run that uh, cruiser off the road, and then they they radio the to the cruiser and he gets chased by the cruiser this is pretty another sweet car chase like they have some two really good car chases in this movie mm-hmm. um and most of it is off-road with cars that really aren't designed to go off road <laughs> yeah um but yeah he uh they're built to take it but not to handle it <laughs> he, not great handling he forces the the cruiser into a car that's parked on the side of the road and it explodes on impact <laughs> So I, I assume it was a Ford Pinto, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's rear-ended, so. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah. So and then he goes to the gas station, and then he, and he after he stocks up, he starts shooting the, the little power boxes on the telephone poles. Yeah. Taking out all the electricity on the block. Well, because they the whole town had a PA system. The sheriff could just fucking talk to everyone at once. Yeah. And he, you know, he tells everybody to stay inside. Uh, it's dangerous on the streets, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's got one up on Rambo because he's up on the roof. He can see everything. So for Rambo spots him like fucking 10 minutes before <laughs> he even gets into the police station. Well, it does look like he's kind of still looking. And when he's in the police station, he looks around a little bit, but he fucking leaves the stairs down. You know, there's a yeah. stairs going up to the roof, and he's and then he looks up, and he's like, oh, he's up there. Well, and he's standing over the skylight, too. Yep. You know, because Rambo shoots him through the skylight, mm-hmm. and he, he drops down. Uh, it's a, gets a pretty good fall there, but he's, he's not dead. He's still alive. Rambo's about to finish him off when Trotman stops him, and that leads us to our final clip of the episode. Which is probably the best, like, dramatic scene of the movie like the definitely best. it's uh i don't know would you say this is one of the best is stallone's uh soliloquies <laughs> i'd say so if dusty rose can say soliloquy so can <laughs> i you ever have that word you can't get all right here's the clip rambo don't do it <sighs> listen to me rambo you have no chance drop your weapon I'm going to order the chopper in and fly you back to Bragg. Hold your fire! Kurt! Hold your fire! Hold your fire! Hold your fire! Think about what you're doing. The building's perimeter is covered. No exits. There are nearly 200 men out there and a lot of M16s. You did everything to make this private war happen. You've done enough damage. This mission is over, Rambo. Do you understand me? This mission is over. Look at him out there. Look at him. If you don't end this now, they will kill you. Is that what you want? It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. It wasn't my war. You asked me. I didn't ask you. And I did what I had to do to win. But somebody wouldn't let us win. And I come back to the world. And I see all those maggots at the airport. Protesting me. Spitting. Calling me baby killer and all kinds of vile crap. Who are they to protest me, huh? Who are they? Unless they've been me and been there and know what the hell they're yelling about. It was a bad time for everyone, Rambo. It's all in the past now. For you! For me, civilian life is nothing. In the field, we had a code of honor. You watch my back, I watch yours. Back here, there's nothing. You're the last of an elite group. Don't end it like this. Back there, I can fly a gunship. I can drive a tank. I was in charge of million-dollar equipment. Back here, I can't even hold the job. Fucking guys! Ah! <laughs> Oh, God. Where is everybody? God, I can't. I, I had a friend. Was the Air Force. 
I had all these guys, man. Back there, I had all these fighting guys. Who are my friends? Because back here, there's nothing. Remember Dan Forrest? With his black headband, I took one of those magic markers, and I said it found. He mailed us to Las Vegas because we're always talking about Vegas and this fucking car. This is a red 58 Chevy convertible. He's talking about this car. He said we're going to cruise till the tires fall off. We're in this bar in Saigon, and this kid comes up. This kid carrying a sushi giant box. And he says, uh, Shine, please, Shine. I said, no, he kept asking, yeah. And Joey said, yeah. And I went to get a couple of beers. And the, the box is wired. And he opened up the box, fucking blew his body all over the place. And he's laying there, and he's fucking screaming. There's pieces of them all over me. Just like and I'm trying to pull him off, you know. And it's my friend that's all over me. He's got blood and everything. And I'm trying to hold him together. I put him together. His fucking insides keep coming out. And nobody would help. Nobody would help. And he's saying, please, I want to go home. I want to go home. He keeps calling my leg. I want to go home, Johnny. I want to drive my Chevy. I said, well, what? I can't find your fucking legs. I can't find your legs. I can't get out of my head. I've been seven years. Every day happens. Sometimes I wake up and I don't know where I am. I don't talk to you. This week, I can't put it out of my mind. Yeah, I've heard some criticism of this monologue from critics and whatnot. Like Roger Ebert really liked the movie a whole lot, but he thought it could have done without this scene. He was of the mindset of the less is more and you don't have to spell it out for the audience. You know, we already got, you know, the themes and the message throughout the film. We didn't mm. need it, you know, spelled out for us, but I, it works for me. I, you know, people can make fun of Stallone's voice all they want. You know, we have before. Yeah. But this is still, this is 82 when this came out. Yeah. Got to think of it in the context of when it came out. This is pre cheesy Stallone. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like most of the bad movies he he's done, he hadn't even done yet. Yep. He just came off of Rocky, won Oscars, or at least that movie won Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I think he actually he gives it his all here. Like I couldn't hear the parking cars bit; I had to get subtitles for that. Yeah, but I think it's it's a good display of raw emotion, and um, it worked for me. I I thought it was believable. I agree with that. I I thought it was amazing. Um. Yeah, just like everything is leading up to that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just they push him and they prod him and they push him and push him and push him and then he finally just breaks, right? And then it's just an outpouring of emotion. He's reliving all the horrific things he's seen in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his friend gets blown up in front of him and on top of him. Yep. You know, he's trying to get his body parts off of him. Put him back together. Yeah, and then he talks about, you know, how hard it is reintegrating into society. They used to operate million-dollar equipment. Now you can't park cars. Some days he goes, or, you know, sometimes he goes days without talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you can see the traumatic stuff that he witnessed in Vietnam 
coupled with the treatment, you know, getting protested, you know, being isolated and all that stuff, it's just worn on him to the point where, like, you know, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Trotman says he recruited him. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if he was drafted or he might have already been in the military by the time the draft came about. But well, he might have volunteered too, you know. Yeah. And I mean, a lot, a lot of the soldiers that were drafted, mm-hmm. you know, and they come back and they're spit on and called baby killers when yeah. people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yes, did certain things like that happen? Yes. And but just to blindly accuse everyone coming back from over there as a baby killer, as a piece yeah. of shit, murderers, and a lot of them were there against their will. It's like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this movie is a great example of the consequences of the Vietnam War and how our country just didn't deal with it. Yeah. It's also a good movie to show the effects of PTSD. Yeah. Right? Back um, before they had a name for it, I'm sure. Well, it was Shell Shock. Yeah. Um, and I think there was another name they had before that, or between there, too. Yeah, they just said it was, he's seen a lot. Yeah. Or he's crazy now. He's an old crazy veteran. Because a lot of those uh, veterans that saw all that shit, like, they didn't talk about it when they came back. Mm-hmm. Like, they just um, suppressed all that as much as possible. And so for the fact that... Basically what they were told to do yeah. is by society. And the fact that Rambo gets pushed to the point where uh, it just all comes out like it does, you mm-hmm. know, that's... That's, uh, you know, he's gone through a lot to get somebody like him to break. Somebody who's been bred to be, a, you know, an elite killer. Mm-hmm. Can't even park cars. Yeah, that's, uh, I definitely think that was a, uh, a worthy scene to be put in the movie. And I'd argue it's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, right after that, um, you know, he shares a moment with Trotman, and then him and Trotman uh, walk off. He turns himself in to Trotman. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add before we get into some fun facts? Well, I, I will say, like, in the sequels, like, I don't think they do Rambo too many favors because <laughs> they just sent him back on ca- combat missions, mm-hmm. which I guess he's good at it, but... I don't think it's good for his mental health. Yeah. I don't know if they care too much. <laughs> like, oh, he's already too far gone. We just like, got to well, keep doing he, it. He can't reintegrate into society, so uh, we'll make good Send use of him. Set up on these illegal missions. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. Um, I'm going to just talk about some other minor changes or alterations from the novel to the film. Uh, so Teasel was a Marine Corps veteran of the Korean War uh, in the book, but in the movie he's uh, indicated by his medals he's a U.S. Army veteran. So in the novel, Galt is a young rookie officer, clumsy and inexperienced. Uh, in the movie, or in the book, he's you know killed uh, purposefully by Rambo, where he's kind of accidentally killed in the film. Beginning of the novel finds Rambo attempting to hitch a ride from a gas station as opposed to where he's searching for an old army buddy in the film. 
There's also a, a subplot in the book involving Teasel attempting to get in touch with his estranged wife, who's absent from the film but present in the novel. I guess <laughs> Rambo eats an owl for dinner in the novel versus <laughs> the wild boar. And in the novel, it is uh, said that he fought with his father and volunteered to fight in the Vietnam War. Okay. Yeah, I think that's about it for changes. I mean, I'm sure there's some others, but those are the main ones that we've discussed. Here's a fun fact. Uh, the large piece of rotten canvas that Rambo finds in the woods and cuts into a makeshift coat was, in fact, not a movie prop, but a real piece of rotten canvas found by the film crew during the movie's production. Uh, since there was only one piece, Sylvester Stallone joked about how the canvas became a treasured prop on the set. Uh, and after filming ended, Stallone kept the rotten canvas and still has it in his possession to this very day. Hmm. Fascinating. Here's a fun fact. Uh, Sylvester Stallone accidentally broke the nose of Alf Humphreys, who played Lester, during the jail escape scene by elbowing him in the face, which is why he's seen wearing a band-aid throughout the rest of the film. Coincidentally, this is what Rambo does to a policeman in the novel during the exact same scene. Here's another fun fact. Uh, in his commentary, author David Morrill uh, cites the inspiration for John Rambo as being World War II hero and later Hollywood actor Audie Murphy. In Rambo from 2008, uh, the character's last stand in the finale is very similar to how Murphy was awarded the Medal of Honor, manning a vehicle-mounted 50 caliber gun and single-handedly holding off hundreds of enemy soldiers. Uh, when Rambo is believed to be or to have been killed in a mine attack by the National Guardsman, Tiesel returns to his office. Behind him, you can clearly see a display case that displays three medals. Uh, the three medals from right to left are the Silver Star, the Purple Heart, and the Army Distinguished Service Cross Medals. Uh, these indicate Tiesel is a highly decorated Korean War hero, as both the Silver Star and ADSC are awarded for extreme valor and bravery in enemy combat. Uh, the subtext of the book was a battle of different war tactics for this reason. Uh, this is underplayed in the film. So in that final scene where Rambo has the emotional breakdown with Trotman, he tells a story about his friend and fellow teammate, you know, Danforth, involving a 58 convertible and the wired shoebox. Uh, it was actually a true story told to Stallone by a Vietnam veteran who had... Uh, a similar traumatizing experience during the war. Huh. Uh, Rambo's trademark combat knife was custom designed by the late Arkansas knife maker Jimmy Lyle. Uh, the movie popularized knockoff hollow-handled survival knives with compasses in the pommel. And that is a scientific fact! And as we mentioned, it, the movie takes place in the fictitious town of Hope, Washington. Uh, but it was mostly filmed in the real town of Hope, British Columbia. Ah. In spite of the fact that the air and water temperatures during filming were extremely cold, and he wore only a tank top during most of the movie, Sylvester Stallone did not get sick until someone offered to, offered him a shot of brandy. Mm. Al Pacino was considered for the role of John Rambo, but turned it down when his request that Rambo be more of a madman was rejected. Here's another fun fact. Samuel Trotman was named after Uncle Sam, according to author David Morrell. Uncle Sam created the soldier John Rambo. Mm -hmm. 
Like Ice Cube said, I want to kill Sam because he ain't my motherfucking uncle. (laughs) (laughs) It's about it. Any more that you see jump out at at you? Uh, Here's one. During the scene where Rambo on the stolen motorcycle is being chased by the police, the stuntman representing Sheriff Teasel, who was driving the patrol car, uh, Benny E. Dobbins, suffered a broken back, a a compression lumbar fracture. As a result of a 70 mile per hour first take that launched the car to a remarkable height on the ramp assisted steep approach to the railway crossing. Uh, the vehicle slammed down flat on its chassis causing the injury to Dobbins and it rolled several hundred feet further up the road before coming to a stop. When Dobbins opened the door to exit he found himself unable to walk and he fell to the ground. This original high jump and landing was reshot and replaced in the final cut with a more modest and believable car jump and landing using a different car and stunt driver. So Benny E. Dobbins broke his back for nothing. Damn. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. All right. Like we said, we're continuing the Summer of Sam this month. Uh, so next we're doing an Arnold movie, which is Total Recall, followed by... Mel Gibson and the Road Warrior. Probably another recently seen up sprinkled in there somewhere. Uh, do us a favor. You can follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or Brett at positively wolf one. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, many different podcast apps. Search our name, chances are you will find us. Yeah, and if you want to show us some love and uh, get some cool gear, head over to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. Got some brand new designs up there for August. And you can get 10% off your order with the code SOSAM for the Summer of Sam. Even got some uh, a Vikings colored logo. Start of the new NFL season. Purple and yellow. It's for the Vikings, but, it, you know, if, if you don't Lakers like the fan. Vikings, but if you <laughs> like the Lakers or some other, or if you just like purple and yellow. There you go. But yeah, I like check s- it out. some of those other new designs are pretty sweet. Yeah, and uh, there's tons of different options as far as items you can get those designs on. So mm-hmm. Shirts, mugs, blankets. We got posters now. We got posters, stickers. You can get a, a throw pillow for your couch. <laughs> yeah, get a throw pillow. <laughs> you can get a tote bag. I mean, you can get stuff for your kids. We got onesies. We got toddler sizes. We got <laughs> we got hoodies. We got uh, crew neck sweaters. We got, uh, got long sleeves t-shirts, tank tops. I mean, Cell phone cases. We got, <laughs> there's just a plethora of things uh, that you can get with the WTM. Would you say I have a plethora? <laughs> Have, have you seen Three Amigos? Yeah. Okay. I don't, sure. I don't remember. It's uh, okay. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. It's three guys that I'm not huge fans of. <laughs> You're a terrible person. I'm sorry that you don't like good comedy. I don't like good comedy? And you, you like bad comedy. Like bad comedy? <laughs> My three most classic comedians you ever think of. Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short. Maybe Martin Short, not so much. But <laughs> anyways, yeah. So 
head over to the store, teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. I think we're up to eight designs on there now. So uh, there's always, more coming. Too. Always more coming. Um, yeah, check them out. And then hit up that uh, promo code to get 10% off. S-O-S-A-M. There you go. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.